from with with becoming quantum consciousness excuse me there we're on national public radio network and ufo paranormal radio network that's 105.3 and 107.7 out of beautiful new orleans louisiana and so what is quantum consciousness and stepping into quantum consciousness is what the theme is today and it's basically to give a basic uh, overview of what this is all about everything from the quantum side to more of the uh, spiritual energetic side which is more of my specialty i am a, a shaman out of uh, austin texas uh, i work in the quantum realm and that really sounds fancy and everything but basically uh it's much like a therapist in that what they do or some therapists not all therapists that they use a somatic approach in other words they teach clients how to feel things in their body as they recall their stories and particularly their stories of their traumatic events in their lives because all of that stuff that they hold is held in their body and as a shaman I have developed talents and skills of how to perceive that, what makes it different, and what makes it more of a quantum reality is the fact that we interact with it in an energetic way as opposed to a visceral intellectual way. And it's really the difference between quantum energy and what we would call Newtonium energy two different uh, realities, basically. And when we talk about quantum, we're talking about everything under one one thousandth of an inch. And that's really, really small. You can't see it. Uh, you can feel it if you know how to perceive things in your body. And once you learn that, then you can perceive it everywhere. And that's the beauty of it. And one of the things that's distinguishing about quantum reality of this reality of less than one one thousandths of an inch is it's not affected by gravity. And that's the big distinction. And when you talk about um, the uh, Newtonium method, we're really talking about everything over one one thousandths of an inch. And what it has is density. They both have mass but the density has a relationship with gravity and therefore it's a total physical world. And that's the here and now. Some people would call that in uh, Hindu terms, the caught body, whereas in the quantum world, we are the Ka body, or you could call it the light body and the dense body. So we're going into the light body and these shows are about teaching you how to do that, how you be can become a person that can walk in both worlds of physical, Newtonian, or quantum into the light. You know, and I know when I've always heard that term into the light, it always sounded a little uh, off-worldly and uh, cliche, but it's really true. It's learning how to feel a vibration in your body and advancing it and involving it to uh, another place. 
And, you know, part of this is how it's done in your brain in relation to your body. And the brain uh, works a lot, of course, in its neurological systems. But one of the important components of that is your synapses. And your synapses are these little bitty semiconductors or conductors, transmitters, that are about one one thousandth of an inch in size. And, you know, if they conduct well, information is passed through the brain easily. If they do not connect well, then the learning doesn't happen or the awareness doesn't happen. And awareness is a big word in this because we really want the brain to learn how to be more aware of everything. However, the brain <laughs> is a tricky mechanism. It's, you know, one of the most complicated things in the universe. It's complicated as a universe. And yet it wants to simplify everything. It wants to make everything as easy as possible. And that's a wild concept with something so complex, but it really makes sense because it uses a lot of energy to learn new things, become new things, change, transform, all of those good things that a lot of us really want to have steadily happening in our lives. And uh, that's a, a really uh, wonderful comment. And I uh, really want to say hello to Tamara Angel. Uh, welcome. And uh, we welcome people to uh, at, come in and ask questions, have responses, add to the program. Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, this is the first show that I'm, I'm doing on uh, United Public Radio Network and uh, UFO Paranormal Network. So uh, welcome, everybody. Welcome, Carrie. So um, when we do this brain, the brain always wants to simplify everything. And um, for example, we, we brush our teeth the same way or we take the same routes to our favorite destinations. It loves familiarity. And why? Because it's easier. Because the brain uses less energy that way. Which is kind of an oxymoron because our body is infinite. We have an immense amount of energy in us that's really untapped every day. And so, uh, you know, how do we get to that place that we have that untapped energy and more importantly, that untapped quantum consciousness awareness that we can start to um, process this stuff. And um, it's a body brain relationship. Um, it's how do we become this light body and this dense body all at the same time. And it's a process, it's a learning process. People have been doing this for ages. This isn't something that was invented when the quantum awareness and the new age and, and all of these great people that have shown up in the last 40 years and have been inventing this, this is long before that. Uh, and uh, the ancients knew this. 
they knew how to have mastery of both worlds. And in our technological fast paced world, it's a little bit harder because we are taught how to be in the brain, how to think, how to outthink everything to where we know what's coming only through our intellect. And we're really losing an opportunity when we stay in that mindset. Because if we ask their body questions, we would get additional information. If we knew what the light body is, and, and the term that I like to use for light body is the space. And this is a term that was, um, I've heard it used by uh, David Hawkins, uh, the author of uh, Power Versus Force. And uh, also with Gary Douglas of Access Consciousness. They uh, were uh, both using this term called the, the space. And just like uh, Carrie just said, uh, Jesus, Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, Buddha, and the list goes on. We're masters of this quantum awareness. And, and they really were trying to become that and not create it as a religion, but just their own being, most likely. Um, and because uh, the more that you learn what this space is and the higher the vibration comes, my own experience is you become more humble, you become less defensive, your love grows and develops, you want to share it, and um, you attract from that energy as opposed to the energy from your brain. Because the brain always thinks that it has to do work and it's a more of a cause-effect reality. You know, you do A to get to B, and then you get to C, and then maybe you'll get to D. And this process of building whatever we want to build and create, whereas in the quantum, all of that is seen in the same picture. And we may go from A to L or Z in a project really quickly just because we are following something internal and outside of us all at the same time. You know, so um, as I talk about this, I mean, I've been doing this work for uh, 15 to 20 years on a more energetic, visceral level and um, a body level and kind of learning how to use my brain as a part of that, but not the dominating part. Uh, it's not always easy because we're programmed to use our brain. And uh, so, so um, that's part of that process is learning what the body is going to tell us. And, um, you know, if I could put it down in four ways that we do this or, or components, so to speak, is one is our intention. And intention is almost like location. Um, where we place our intention is where the consciousness follows. So if we placed our intention in our heart, 
what we would experience is um, something that is more expanded, more loving, more in allowance, unconditional, non-judging. It would just come naturally because that is heart consciousness. You know, and um, it's basically this magic in us can be placed anywhere in our body and also outside of our body. And what happens when we place the intention there is our awareness through our body consciousness follows. In other words, it goes into this this place. As a shaman, this is what I do. Uh, And I teach people how to do this. And uh, lots of people do this, actually, is that if you're working with somebody and they're telling you of their sadness with their mother, let's say, for example, uh, if we put the, our intention on their body, something will appear and we will feel something that doesn't feel right. Uh, as this person talks about their sadness. And that's the body's way of showing us this is where we are repressing this. This is where we need to address the issue right now or first. And uh, that is how the body and the space of the body communicates to whoever is willing to look and who's willing to ask the questions. And the questions are such an important thing. So our intention is magical. You know, it can go in various places and it can be moved around. You know, just think about um, if you went to a movie theater and you saw a really inspiring movie. And everybody there is probably going to go through the same process as you are because that's how the movie was intended to guide the audience. So uh, everybody would most likely have this heart opening experience. However, being that it's in a movie theater with all of these people, it's going to expand, you know, with every person there. And that is the magic of doing things in groups. We can all experience these things together. And it automatically happens. And it's a really good introduction if you have no clue to what, you know, quantum awareness is like. To just be aware of how you change when you're around other people. (laughs) And that can be, uh, you know, pleasant and that can be not so pleasant. Yes, and we have a comment from Carrie. If you surrender and receive, it pulls the, the proceeding towards it, opposed to pushing it away. Um, and that's so true. Whatever we're really excited about and our body awareness is in tune to it, and we're doing things like practicing it, which is the next step in this process. We have intention, we have practice in it, we start to build a almost like an energy field around it. It becomes part of us and the intention that we love this stuff or we love what we want to attract through the practice, it happens. And then the other part is that we just stay aware of what's happening inside of us. And uh, the last part is we trust. No matter what, 
if we don't even understand it, we can still trust it and know that it has something um, there. And, uh, you know, one, one of my favorite stories is um, about eight years ago, uh, I realized through a conversation with a friend that I should live in another country. But I had no idea where I wanted to go. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm asking friends and, and they're telling me different things, where to go. Just, this is what you do on Facebook, right? And um, the two places that really showed up was Belize and Southwest France. And of course, I'd never been, well, I'd been to France a couple of times to Paris, but I really didn't know much about the, the Southern area. I knew I loved France. And when I thought about France, my heart would just open and get tingly and excited. But my intellect would say, you can't go to France. You can't live there for three months. You don't even know the language. It's expensive, you know, and, and all of these rationales of why it wouldn't work happened. But yet my heart was like singing about France. My friend had Southwest France. That's right for you. You know, it's this great story and a great conflict because intellectually I thought, wow, Belize is the right place for me. It is, um, relatively safe. They speak English. It's sunny weather. I'll be by the beach. I'll be close to the jungle. I'll have everything. You know, and intellectually that felt right. However, there was always something in my gut that just wasn't right with that. And um, of course, uh, I was in a quandary about that couldn't make up my mind. I wasn't really listening to what my body was telling me. And um, finally, I knew one person in Europe, only one through Facebook, <laughs> that I really felt could give me some answers. And uh, I asked her, well, can you help me with finding a place to stay in Southern France? Is that possible? And of course, she knew somebody. And of course, it was super cheap. And, uh, and off I went. And then through a series of adventures, I found myself in southwestern France, living on the, um, right beside the, the mountain pass of the Stargate Mountain, Peak de Bougarroche. And all of this energy of this mountain was just phenomenal. And, um, that's where my story began. And now, of course, I do French tour, I do uh, tours to Southern France and I go to all of these power spots and teach people how to perceive this energy. And what I've learned from that experience is I always ask this question, you know, I see where my t intention is with France. And um, when I ask the question, What's the energy of me coming to France in April of 2023? Everything in my body feels good. My heart kind of gets lighter, almost like, well, a smile came onto my face because the energy just came up into my face. And I know 
Wow, it's powerful. There's something in France that supports me. And it supports what I am really driven by, which is becoming more aware. That's my number one goal. You know, that's it for me. Everything else is kind of secondary. I want to change and evolve more than anything. And France facilitates that. And uh, so it's, it's a matter of just listening to your body, listening to that beautiful space that you are in. And if you do not understand it, ask more questions. Keep that dialogue inside of you going on until you feel like you know what direction you can take. I mean, I, I have a friend who pulls in about a half a million a year on uh, internet sales with her. Um, she's a coach, a life coach, and she does CDs or DVDs, excuse me, about training you to be this expansive being while you, you know, have this great business. And, you know, she's made all of her decisions of how she should present herself and how she should be in the business world, basically, by asking questions and following what her heart wants to guide her to. It certainly makes her much happier doing it because she's following something internal. And when we talk about this space inside of us, it's something that's very much us and it's within us almost like it's it's not contained by our body but we can feel it totally in our body but it also extends beyond our body it's connected to probably everything we are that big or at least that's my theory so when we start to ask these things we're really connecting to a greater source than anything than the mind, the uh, Newtonian model can ever phantom. It's the quantum or the space within us, light body, is infinite. And it is truly really hard to understand all of those concepts and the process in learning how to be this space because our body is already doing this our body naturally is connected and aware and functions at this level however the programming in our brain has to learn how to catch up. You know, the brain wants to keep things simple. And when we talk about an infinite consciousness, that's not simple. It is expansive. It can go anywhere. You know, it's like having a big daily adventure every day in your life that opens you to all of these possibilities. You know, and, and, and the brain is always trying to figure that out. You know, and it's a matter of, well, how do we come to peace with that? How do we access both worlds? Because both components of Newtonium and quantum are quite necessary to function in this world. 
And um, so uh, let me have a sip here. And I drink this as a reflection of Folgers Coffee, which sponsors a lot of shows on um, United Public Radio Network and Paranormal Radio Network. And uh, very grateful that they support talk radio. So we'll give them a reflection and gratitude. And there's something about gratitude that's always so powerful because whatever we're grateful for, there's more of a unconditional uh, point of view with that, that I just say, well, I'm just grateful for uh, coffee and Folgers coffee or this radio show. Um, I'm not trying to label it. It's just the energy of lightness. It's an acknowledgement. You know, it doesn't have to be defined because when we start to define stuff, we're really dancing with this really big bugaboo and consciousness called judgments of making things right or wrong or uh, good and, and uh, bad. And whenever we make those type of judgments, we close down our awareness. If we say that all men like my father are bad because my father treated me badly, we begin to close down the awareness of a lot of for people. We can't see them for fully who they are because we have judged them and kind of pigeonholed them like father figures who we really didn't like it in the first place for various reasons. Just an example of it. So whenever you start to see yourself do that, kind of hold back, kind of open to your possibility of a question. Well, I wonder what um, this guy's really about. I wonder why he was so angry all the time. And this starts to open that possibility up. If you really want to become more quantum conscious and know what the space within you is, you have to understand your own emotions and start to have a clarity about where they are taking you. Where do they limit you? And we had a great question there by Tamara. Do you think keeping things simple and don't overthink it, make it easier? Maybe simple in that slowing our lives down to where we're not so busy that the mind takes over and we're not even aware that our emotions are starting to play into effect. You know, uh, time and Time and space are two of our greatest challenges, particularly time. You know, just like, you know, as I finish this show, I will uh, have this project to go into a hot springs across an hour away uh, drive. And I can easily jump into the reality of the traffic and go, oh, I got to be in fast. I got to be in a hurry. And there I go amongst all of these people that are just trying to get home and are probably tired and maybe a little frustrated because they had a long day. 
And I can get into that stream of consciousness by not being aware inside of me. And that's where simplicity really helps us, is to always be aware. However, some point, sometime in that situation we're in, stress, we're interacting with people that may be different from us, we learn our greatest lessons. And we learn how to um, separate ourselves from our old behaviors through challenges ourselves and new relationships. So I don't know if I've answered that question, but um, I do know that uh, slowing down does make it easier. Um, and uh, for those who have a day job and work an eight-hour day and they're racing through their day and they have various stresses, uh, we applaud you. <laughs> uh, I'm retired, so I, I have a different reality with that. And I know what it's like to work a full job and that it's, you know, we take on a lot of stresses and um, it is a process of learning what those things are in that busyness and learning how to be in your body while you are interacting with this working world. I was a school teacher, so this was really crucial for me is how do I stay in my center of that is peaceful and nurturing and see the emotional triggers that take me out of it. It's not the students. It's me that uh, holds that in place that I feel like I have to shut myself down because I become scared generally. And this is the part of the quantum world that challenges so, so much is how do we resolve those emotions to where there's a certain ease and flow in our body that the light is able to shine easily? Uh, that's, that's the really big question. And so when we are under stress, we use some of the same tools that we would use to expand ourselves. In other words, as I practice this expansion in consciousness, I'm really bringing in and learning what different vibrations feel like all the time. That could be from learning what Buddha is like. That could be learning what the uh, great Stargate Peak in, uh, in France feels like Peak de Bougarache, a church, uh, the sun, a tree. All of these have energies that can teach me how to expand my consciousness, how to expand the vibration of who I am. And that's a big part of the uh, way you can develop. On the other side, how do you let go of your anger? How do you let go of your shame and your fears and your sadness? How do you use love that's pure instead of people-pleasing? All of these are great questions to be asking yourself. And the tools that you use, and this is just a very simple primer with it. Um, there's a lot to this. Is that whenever you do not feel right, that... Um, you, you do feel maybe some resentments or uh, there's very negative 
things that keep repeating in your mind or you're just plain angry. You start with a question because questions unlock everything. Where am I holding this energy in my body? And just take your intention. Remember that word we use at the beginning of the show? And begin to place it through your body and feel where it doesn't feel right. You could feel heavy. It could feel inflamed. Uh, dense. You know, there's a lot of ways. And your body's going to show you where it is by you asking. The thing is, is that your body really wants you to be infinite. The mind can think of dozens of ways why you can't be more expanded and more, you know, amazing. The mind can always think of reasons. But the body really wants you to get this. It doesn't like carrying this load. And so when we're looking at some repressed memory, like, for example, repressed anger, that's one of my favorites. Um, you just bring your awareness through your body till you perceive where it doesn't feel right. Now, this is what the therapists teach, what I mentioned earlier, somatic approach. And we start to have a familiarity about it. And even we can ask our body questions like, you know, what age did I create this? When did it start? You know, is it related to my mom or my dad? And generally, that's a lot where it all begins anyway. Um, and the more familiarity we get about it, and the more that we feel the intensity of it, we are getting there to releasing it. In fact, that 75% of it is familiarity with the limitations. You know, you have to remember that for most people, they run away from their feelings. And more importantly, they run away from their repressed emotions. And, and they have conditioned themselves. They go, I don't want to go back to childhood. I don't want to feel what it was like when I was 13 years old. And I'm right in that group. <laughs> that was one age that I just, you know, do not enjoy revisiting. However, it's a necessity to do so if I really would like to become a different person. So I feel those energies in my body. Now, uh, the somatic approach would be to um, just be familiar with it and be present with it and that it will evolve. And it's and that's very true. It will. You know, it's kind of like a Buddhist approach. However, if you'd like to do it quicker, <laughs> uh, you might use something more energetic. You know, and there's tons of tools out there that are doing it. Um, for me, uh, the tools I use are more shamanistic and uh, access consciousness. I love those tools. They're very fast and efficient. However, um, you can also use, you know, emotional freedom technique. A friend of mine uh, that I just did a, a session with, or she did a session uh, uh, with me, was emotion code. 
and she used a pendulum and we brought up the old energies of this issue I was uh, uh, interacting with. And she had the pendulum and it spun around in circles and I'm sitting there and I can just feel all of this energy happening in my body, which was where that somatic experience was happening. And within five minutes, it all felt different. And there's so many components we can add to that, even doing something like Reiki. What they all have in common is they go beyond the mind. They go in to the body and interact with the body and begin to change it. And that's the beauty of doing energy work with your emotional stuff. I always thought about people that really wanted to do all of this cosmic work and they're kind of, you know, visiting stars or communing with angels and, and, and they wanted to fly, you know, so to speak, metaphorically. And they never dealt with their emotional issues and they maybe had, you know, a lot of real repressed issues that they were scared to death with. Um, it's almost like having a big weight that you're carrying all the time and yet you're wanting to fly, you know, and uh, I don't think it really works. It's too much energy working against you, too much energy that will sabotage you. And when I talk about sabotage is goes back to this point of view with the space of the body. The body wants you to release this stuff. The body wants you to evolve. So if you have repressed things that you're afraid of, does your body set you up unconsciously to find relationships and situations that confront you with the issues that you're avoiding? Uh, that's how it works. And, and, and when we start to make mistakes, you know, you want to ask these questions like, uh, and we want to thank Access Consciousness with this. Uh, what is right about this that I'm not getting? Or what am I not getting about this? There's something about asking a question like that is opening up our body and our unconsciousness to come into the awareness. As opposed to something like a judgment, like, I hate this. Here it is again. And why won't it leave me alone? <laughs> and uh, you're basically doing judgments and you're reinforcing the um, awareness that, you know, you're, you, you do not deserve to go beyond this. Uh, so um, we really have to shake it up. In fact, laughter and tears and questions are sometimes some of the best components we can have. And of course, curiosity. All of that is about a detachment, you know, and as Buddha, Buddha said, uh, love with detachment. And it's kind of like Buddhism 101. We can love everybody in the world and have our heart open to them but we do not have to jump into their world and try to fix them, change them, and most importantly, take on their stuff.
And that's a huge lesson for so many is we don't have to immerse ourselves in the negativity. And at the same time, we can be proactive to change it. And that's so much about the energetic world that we can change it. We can change the world with energetic practices. You know, and, and um, how do we get there? How do we start? And, and, you know, everybody has their level that we do this. And I don't have a clue what your level is. I'm psychic, but I'm not that good to know all the listeners. So I, I have to kind of begin at the beginning a little bit. Um, we want to do something, and, and, and there's kind of three levels of this, of this process. And I'm just going to say all three levels. First is uh, learning how to feel a vibration in your body. And second is collecting role models. In other words, learning what all energies feel like that you can, because you're, you're basically building a vocabulary of different things. And when I say role models, uh, some of my role models are the sun, the earth, trees, crystals. Um, I meditate with a, a vine of ayahuasca. I'm not a proponent of doing ayahuasca, but to meditate with it is amazing. Um, and so I'm learning what those vibrations are. And I'm learning how to bring that in. That's why I go to Southwest France is there's plenty of high vibrations of various kinds all there alive and vibrating. You know, it, it, it's amazing what, what uh, Europe is with all of these places. Southwest France seems to be the most uh, intense place. And, and uh, in, in comparison to America, we have a lot of great power spots here, but it's just different. It's uh, more raw, so to speak. There, it seems to be more organized. It's a very important distinction. Um, so, you know, the last part of this, after collecting your role models, is to be a living awareness of who you are in this light body while you are walking around in a physical body. And that's the constant uh, meditation, a walking meditation, so to speak. So it's all three of those components, you know, and to feel lighter vibrations, uh, you just want to take on as many things as possible. I mean, this is a lifelong process. I've been doing meditations for 30 years and, um, you know, it's brought me to here. It sure didn't happen overnight, but in each step of the process that I advance, there's immense joy and pleasure. At the same time, I'm still challenged with all of the things on that living on earth offers you. Uh, it's part of living. We all have that. So, um, when we um, think of these things that are simple, you know, one of the things that I have done in these 30 years and I still do today are mantras. 
we can do mantras and uh, we become that vibration that the mantra vibrates as. Words, certain words seem to elicit or stimulate, maybe activate is the right word, an energy or level of consciousness inside of us. You know, and uh, my first one was, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. And this came from the book, Way of the Pilgrim. And it's a story about this uh, Russian nomadic in the sixth century or something. This book, I don't even think has an author, but you can buy it on Amazon. Um, it's a traditional story. And all it did was, you know, say, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me you know, two to 3,000 times every day. <laughs> Didn't give him much time to do anything else. However, he was a nomad and all he had to worry about is staying warm and, and eating food. But what it did was it opened him to an awareness and knowing that was at a higher vibration than other people around him. And people saw him as wise. And he was wise because he changed his vibration. Something in his body expanded, just like me when I would do that, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. My heart would expand. And I'm just like, what the heck? Because <laughs> this was my first introduction to any of that stuff. And to have that revelation just happened and I could feel the vibration I never felt before that felt light and good and pure was like, was amazing. It was what I was looking for. So when this man did this as a steady meditation, he could see the world differently than anybody else. And therefore, when he would hear a problem that people were having in a village, he could give them an alternative or a perspective that they couldn't see because his vibration was different and, and most likely much higher than theirs. And they saw it as wisdom. And then they saw him as a holy man. Yet he had no formal education and uh, no training. And so that's a great story of the powers of mantras. Some of my other favorite ones are just real quickly, um, who am I? What is God? And this is a mantra from uh, St. Francis of Assisi. And St. Francis, from what I understand, was a real mantra guy. He said mantras all the time. And this helped him come to a place of, uh, of great awareness. Who am I? What is God? And so what you'll find is this mantra will ground you and expand you. Uh, you'll evolve with it. I've been doing it for 20 plus years. And uh, it's one of those oldies but goodies for me. But you really start to learn and activate the God energy within you. It's not like I'm connecting with God beyond me. There's that energy inside of me that is something of that vibration. That's what it opens. It's quite wonderful. Um, I'll tell you one more. Um, 
access consciousness as a great mantra. All of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. And you can say this, all of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. And everything becomes easier, more joyful. And there's an exuberance about it that opens you. It's quite wonderful. And um, so all of life comes to us with ease, joy, and glory can be applied to things like I find parking spaces with these joy and glory, or I play volleyball with these joy and glory, and it just happens. You know, so this is a part of that process with that, is doing these type of mantras to where you start to feel that vibration in you. And then you might want to pick up role models. I used to sit by a tree and feel the trees in the forest, and those vibrations would come into me. And somewhere in this process between communing with, you know, these trees and special beings like uh, Master Yeshua or Mother Mary, um, it turned into light. And I think a part of that was also clearing out emotions. So when we start to... Um, I guess, learn these different languages because each mantra, each thing we commune with has a different vibration. What they all have in common is they're likely a higher vibration than our mind functions from. And we're basically teaching our mind what a vibration is in our body. That's the process that we're doing. And... Um, so, so we can start to uh, vibrate that uh, with us. And there just starts to come these places where we have these uh, peak experiences, these shifts, and suddenly the light becomes more dominant. And uh, when I would go to some of these places in France or, or even in the United States and have these phenomenal experiences, I'd be open and I'd expand it and uh, it'd just feel great. And I could feel the light and uh, I'd go home. And at first, I just kind of pigeonholed it as that was a phenomenal experience. It, but it's really not me. <laughs> kind of crazy. Then there came this point of like, no, I need to uh, take this home. Because when I made these judgments like it really wasn't me, I wasn't ready. Of course, what did my body do? But kind of forget it. I wasn't walking in that high vibration anymore. And so when I start to go, well, how can I remember this? And how can I practice it? Then I start to embody it deeper. And then I just have to go back to practicing. And uh, <coughs> at some level, that light becomes me. And then it becomes this process of living with the light every day and being aware and going back to the four things we said at the first, having the intention to be the light and feeling where it is and even placing it where it is in our body whether we take it 
and be it in our heart or our throat or our second chakra um, or our gut, wherever, we learn what that intention is and we practice that light beingness in that location. And then we um, have the awareness of what it brings to us and this ever-expanding adventure that that is. And of course, we trust. And that's one of the big things, is trusting. And just keep remembering that our body really wants us to know this. Our body supports this journey. And something bigger than us supports this journey. This is so much of what I believe ancients were trying to teach us that we become unified. We uh, become that. And um, so this is a message for uh, we all have to remember. We're all working on this process to uh, have this thing. So with that said, um, just want to remind us that you remind everybody that you're listening to uh, creating or becoming quantum conscious on the uh, United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network of 105.3 and 107.7 uh, that they have been supporting us in this program and they have a lot of great shows on on the on on the air my favorite is the outer beyond with michelle derocher and amelia prisano but there are many more that are out there to uh take on and and enjoy i will be back next week at the same time talking about the topic of heart yoga and uh how to pump up your heart with more consciousness and in the weeks ahead, I will be bringing in guests. But since I'm kind of new to this and uh, new to doing this show like this, I decided I just wanted to do a couple of hour shows on my own and uh, experience it and be it. And uh, I hope everybody has enjoyed this time and uh, wish you the best. Please send me uh, messages through Facebook and uh, hope we are in touch in the future. Thank you so much.